Hey guys, welcome to episode 67 of Bo Knows Stuff. Today I am joined by none other than Dr. Ryan DeBell, all the way from Buenos Aires, Argentina, one of my favorite cities, trips, food experiences. That was back in 2009, I believe I went. And uh, yeah, I still dream of the Lomo, the steak over there, steak and red wine for almost every meal. Uh, it was heaven. So hope you enjoy this episode. We get into it about some different things going on, problems we see in the healthcare space, how we're trying to change it. Uh, we obviously agree on a lot of fun stuff. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. Love to hear your thoughts. Uh, this guy is awesome and I look forward to our next chat. See you guys. Enjoy. Going live. Here we are live with Dr. Ryan DeBell all the way joining us from Buenos Aires. So I was going to play a little tango for him. There we go. We got that in the background. How are you today? What time is it there? I don't know the time difference. Uh, it's one uh, twenty. I think that <clears throat> well, you're in Colorado. No, PM. Oh. It's four oh, hours so it's ahead only, of... Oh, it's only four hours. Yeah. It's four right. hours ahead of um, Pacific Standard Time. Ah. So I'm in Mountain. Depending on so, daylight yeah. savings, because I don't think they change the time here. Ah. Like Arizona. So sometimes it's four and sometimes it's five. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Uh, very cool. Well, yes, if you're not familiar with Dr. DeBell, do you want to go, we're going by Ryan, Dr. Ryan, Dr. DeBell, what do you prefer? Ryan's good. Ryan's good. Yes. Kairos always love the Dr. Ryan. I, I go with Dr. Bo. I don't know, whatever, but we're Ryan and Bo today. I would change my name of the thing, but, um, yeah, you're, you're Durbo today. Durbo. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, so we are going to dive into it. If you're not familiar with Ryan, uh, founder of the Movement Fix, a uh, movement-based company out of used to be in northern Seattle area. Yes. Yeah, yeah, north, north. like Edmonds, Linwood area for those who are familiar. Yeah, and uh, then had that podcast, 152 episodes. We're going to touch on that a little bit. Started T Tool, yeah. the T Tool, um, as a IASTM. That's Instrument Assisted Soft Tissue Mobilization Device. Uh, so you can kind of scrape and, and you save your hands for the clinician and it has its benefits. I'll, I can let you certainly do that sales pitch of all that. Um, and now, now he's out in Buenos Aires, Argentina, doing some of that digital <clears throat> fun times. And yeah, we connected. He, he uh, sent me out his, his webinar that he did recently. I did want to touch on that of trying to get healthcare practitioners to be better businessmen. Um, my really quick uh, summary of all that. It felt a little bit like the e-myth. Anyone who's familiar with that, I, I assume you've read that at some point and had some inspiration from that. Not so much. No, <laughs> I think I, I think I read it in school, but I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> it, it was, there was a little bit just for those listening. It was a little bit of the, um, work on your business, not in your business. You know, you don't want to be beholden to your, your 40 hour work week. And then if you can eventually let your business grow, and you, you eventually, that was kind of a little bit of my takeaway from. Uh, uh, yeah. Don't identify as your business. If you're a service yes. provider, right? Because yes. if you're a service provider, you're delivering the product essentially of your business, uh -huh. right? <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, it was great. It was very useful. I appreciated uh, us connecting on that. And, and hopefully a lot of other folks on that call got some good stuff out of that. So I want to throw it back to you. Why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about T-Tool, what took you down that path from practicing manual therapy, uh, chiropractic care, and, mm -hmm. and kind of the movement fix brand and now shifting a little over to T-Tool. would love to hear about that transition. And I'm sure 
those of your fans who who might be jumping in here are like, what happened after episode 152 on your podcast a few months ago? What that, That's where I look back. I was like, yeah, where, where do you go? Yeah. <clears throat> well, before I studied chiropractic, um, I studied business and specifically the management. Well, the, the, the name is the management of information systems. And so I, I went to that program already with training in business. And so I, I guess I just see myself as somebody who, who runs a business first in various ways. And so the first business that I ran was a clinic that I started. Um, and I enjoyed it. I learned a ton and I did that for seven or eight years and then I sold the clinic. Um, but while I was running the clinic, I started actually before I was running the clinic, I started teaching seminars and I was doing that to market my clinic. And then that just took a life of its own. <clears throat> and I actually was like, before I even opened my clinic, I was making more money from my seminars than I ever made in my clinic first. So it's kind of strange, but um, so then I started doing a blog and a podcast and videos to promote the workshops and events. And then I had my clinic in person, which is where I was working with people one-on-one. -on -one. And so that led to, yeah, making videos and making the podcast of which is, it's on hold, not disappeared. Timeout. T-Tool. Timeout. Uh-huh. What do you mean? I was saying you're on timeout. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, <laughs> on, I'm on a timeout. I'm on a timeout in the corner. <laughs> <clears throat> well, so I sold my clinic and I was going to travel around and teach seminars and, um, and I was making some digital products. Basically, I saw so many people in my clinic where I thought to myself, God, if I just made a program and gave it to you guys, like 90% of you, if you just followed this, would you wouldn't even need to come in here right. because what I'm doing for everybody is essentially the same. So... Uh, so I made those things available because I felt that there were a lot of people who look for answers online because their problems aren't big enough for them to go to a clinic. And I wanted to create resources for that group of people where it's like, look, I don't want to go somewhere and maybe they won't go anywhere for like 10 years because, um, you know, a lot of people have pain for years and years and years before they go see anybody. So right. I thought that they, that would they be can a kick the can thing. down the road. Yeah. And, and so it's like a lower barrier, a lower entry point for people who don't want to do that. Um, and then I just got tired of traveling, to be honest. <laughs> I thought, I don't, I don't want to keep doing this. I was traveling every weekend. Uh, and sometimes on the weekends, I would teach in a one city on a Saturday and another city on a Sunday. So it'd right. be like, and then, so it was just too much. And then I got presented with the opportunity to start this uh, T-Tool business uh, because the original idea was not mine. It was a colleague of mine who I started the business with. And I thought that it was very interesting and a new challenge. So I wanted to take on that as a challenge because it was a product that I wish I would have had while I was treating because I did a lot of manual therapy, a lot of ART and different techniques my hands were always tired and my thumbs were always tired. And I had a lot of flat tools like Graston type tools, but I just, and I always wanted to make something like, like T tool. I never had the idea. And then it got presented to me and, and the design was so different that I thought, Ooh, this is actually something I think is better. And I think that it needs to exist for people who want to have this uh, as an option. 
So I've been working on that basically since. And I was trying to do the podcast and I was trying to do all this other stuff while doing that. And it was just too much. So I was like, okay, <laughs> got to focus. <laughs> so I'm focusing on that right now, yeah. primarily. Prioritization. That's a, that's a tough thing being a, a business owner and an adult and what's urgent, what's necessary. People clearing their inbox, just staying busy versus actually moving the needle. So I, I yes. those are important lessons to learn for sure. Um, with that podcast though, coming back to that, uh, 152 episodes, um, is that, is that Yerba Mate you're drinking? Is that, is that it is, it is. That's the Tim Ferriss, uh, very Argentinian thing, I guess. Uh, it is very ingrained in the culture. That is for sure. Yeah. You know, it's interesting about the mates. You, if you're with your friends, you have one and you share it mm. and there's one person who's the server and their job is to pass it around and refill it. I think I saw that in, um, what was that show? Uh, Mozart in the Jungle. Have you seen that at all? Uh, yeah, I watched a couple episodes. Though. Yeah, that was uh, the guys from, I think he's an Argentinian, the main uh, composer, and they have a whole bunch of stuff about, about that. Yes. Anyway. Yeah, they, they do talk about that. <laughs> so coming back to it, 152 episodes, I wanted to make sure I asked you this question with your background experience and uh, again, if anyone goes back and checks out uh, those 152 episodes, you have such a, a wide variety of guests, some of the top folks in the industry, the health and fitness space. Um, what is your take on these blurred lines? Because again, your your training is, or degree is as chiropractor. I'm a physio. Um, we have per, a lot of personal trainers on here on, and mm -hmm. on your podcast. Uh, how do you see those those lines? Do you make those distinctions or is it just like kind of a free for all? I'd love your take on, on that. Well, I think the law exists. And I think people should do everything they want to do within their legal rights. People always talk about like, uh, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. I, I hate that statement. <laughs> like, first of all, who are you to tell me to stay in my lane? It's like when people say that they're trying to put themselves over the top, like you need to stay in your lane because uh, how about I'll do whatever I legally want to do. And if I want to expand my legal rights, I will find a way to expand my legal rights. It's so repressive to tell people to stay in their lane. Like, what does that mean? Do what I should do what you think is right. How about I'll do everything I legally can to help the person I'm working with. And if you don't like that, go change the laws. Ugh, I just hate that. It's so <laughs> negative. It's such yeah. a negative, silly thing. So uh, <clears throat> let me let me let me reframe that question a little bit, and I appreciate your your, your answer on it. But uh, so when no, I'm when, not saying that about you. I'm saying no, that, no, 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 no. I know, I know. Say, no, right? I totally yeah, get yeah. it. I'm not I'm not taking any <laughs> I'm not taking any personal offense. I'm just uh, <laughs> and it's funny because I did have someone on a, one of my previous episodes here who kind of gave somewhat of that answer of more of like it would be a better world if everyone kind of did stay in their lane. And, and, and I don't think he was saying like everyone should, but it's just like, we would have a better system if the physios did the rehab and owned rehab and the trainers did the training. And then the Kairos did back cracking um, <laughs> or what, what, you know, whatever it is. And, and uh, it, it, yeah, it's it, very threatening when people start to do what you do. Yeah. So that, that, that's the kind of question I guess I was going to reframe mm -hmm. of again, legally, Sure. If, if the term rehab, so I this is where, yeah, if a chiropractor is also promoting their rehab services, is that uh -huh. like, again, is, are you, is it just come down to, Oh, legally I can say that. Uh, and you know, even I mean, legally term, insurance companies paid me to do exercise with people. 
Yeah. So yeah, the physical therapists don't like it because now they have competition. I, I believe in a free market and telling mm-hmm. people to stay in their lane is like, you're a communist. Okay. Like fr- from the top down, you do this, you do this, you do this. Like that's essentially what it is. It's trying to, to control people. But if I'm a chiropractor and I am taught how the human body works and I have legal the right to apply certain things to the human body, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I think Fair physical enough. therapists, if they have the legal right to manipulate joints, they should do it. And if any chiropractor has a problem with that, it's because they're threatened by competition. Right. Yeah. Instead of being focused on helping their patients, they're worried about what somebody else is doing. It's just a total waste of time. Right. And that is what we saw play out. And it is kind of now, I think, becoming more of an open market, a free market, if you want to call it that. Of uh, There was the blo- blocking of direct access. So again, if somebody sprains their ankle, you have to go to your orthopedic surgeon or your general practitioner yeah. and then get an x-ray before you ever see a physical therapist. And there's all those rules. I think that's so absurd that chiropractors can do that and physical therapists can't. And I just moved to Colorado and my previous two states were California and New York, where I was not allowed to stick a needle in a person because the acupuncturists had blocked the ability for dry needling and were threatened by that. And, and it, you know, that's very plain to see. Uh, and now that I can do it, 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 it just is, is so clearly uh, should be criminal. It really is. And, and it's, it's silly that, uh, and, and one of the things uh, when I took the dry needling certification, when I did come out here, if you're familiar is um, of the guy who taught the, the dry needling course, the mm-hmm. physio, physio in the military, and he actually initially was going into acupuncture school, and he looked at all the, the top 50 acupuncture programs in the country. Of those, only three actually had cadaver study. Um, and, and yet, you know, every physical therapy program, I think every chiro program has some version of cadaver study. Um, so to say you're not allowed to stick needles in people for whatever reason, because it's dangerous, you're going to puncture a lung, whatever. Um, and, but yeah, it, it just goes into these kind of crazy lines for us, I think. Yeah. It's more professions fighting with each other instead of trying right. to help people. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is what it should be, right? Is helping people who are coming to you. Uh, and then your hands are tied because some other group did a better job lobbying 30 years ago. <laughs> right. Right. And the, the, the tricky part of that, too, just real quick, uh, I do find some of that stuff interesting is if, again, like in New York, if we wanted to in, put dry needling in for physical therapists, you have to open your entire practice act. And now you're allowing, again, surgeons to come in and again, chiros to come in and on these different professions to come in and try to kind of pick apart. And it's like an election open cycle. And now everybody can kind of jump in just because we want to add in something that should have been there to begin with. And the rules are just crazy. So, yeah, but I think people should do as much of they, that they legally can within the rules of the state that they're in. And then if they don't like the rules, they should try to change the rules. I hear you. I hear you. So thank you for all of that. Um, you wanted to touch on your movement practice that you're kind of going through your lifting. Uh, it sounds like something we could definitely geek out on. So I'd love to hear uh, what you've shifted to for your personal practice. Well, again, I, I like that term movement practice, if you'll run with me on that. Um, and I'm going to let you answer because I'm going to open the door for my dog but you go. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So basically, well, I guess I'm going to answer while you're gone. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically for the last like 10 years up to now, well, for most of my life until up to about a year or two ago, I would, I did bodybuilding and then CrossFit style training. And then, um, more recently I've, stopped doing nearly as much 
weight training. Um, so now I'm doing weight training one or two days a week with weights <clears throat> and then three or four days a week of, um, I started doing a uh, yoga practice like six months ago. And part of that, they also, they have like, um, uh, there's many different, like yoga is a very complex discipline. The more I learn about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are certain like there's certain like static positions that are more upper body based, like things that would lead to being able to do certain like planche handstand type things. Um, so I'm doing that four days a week and then I'm doing strength training one or two days a week and then running twice a week. And so what's been interesting about that is I, it's changed how I think entirely about training. Um, because I think that, you know, with, with training weights, you know, in most strength and conditioning programs, people will say, you know, there's four or six, whatever patterns, pulling and pushing and squatting and lunging and hinging and carrying and da, 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 da. it's fine. But the human body can move in way more ways than that. And so I think what happens is if you, if your movement practice, if you're the way that you train is just based on that, you there are a lot of positions you don't put your body in that it can go in. And I think that what I've learned is how important it is to be able to move all of your joints together into more global positions. It's like, if you do a deadlift, you're moving your hips and your knees and your ankles, but you're not, you're trying to not bend your spine, which is very different than moving everything into flexion. And so if you train deadlifts a ton and you don't move everything into flexion, I think you can get really stiff. And then I think that that probably leads to anterior hip impingement and potentially hip issues over time. Same thing. Like if you're, if you're lifting overhead and you're trying to not bend your back into extension, it probably leads to some shoulder impingement problems for certain people. Because if you were moving your whole body together, you'd bend your spine into extension while you're doing it. And so I think that what I've learned is that it's important to have a practice where you are using these common patterns in strength training as part of the overall thing, but then also making sure you're training your ability to relax and fold your body into different positions. And people don't train that. They don't train the foldability of their joints into like, it's like your body, your body, the the human body is so incredible and it continues to perplex me. The more I learn about it, the more (laughs) perplexed I am Uh, because you know, in one moment it can be very rigid and lift a ton of weight. And then, you can fold and twist it in like countless different positions. Mm-hmm. So I have found that quite interesting. And one of the things that they do in, in the way that they train in a yoga class is that they work each position, each global pattern. So you'll do a, a lateral bent. Oh, and lateral stretching out my sides, like my lateral flexion has basically changed my life. <laughs> I was so stiff. It was unbelievable to me how stiff I am in lateral bending. Uh, but they'll, so you'll work lateral bending, you'll work rotation, flexion and extension, and then some sort of balance training. And so now what I've started to do with my strength training, and the reason they do that is so you don't become overly flexible in one direction and not the other directions. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, man, we crush ourselves in the gym, like depending on how you structure your training. And like, let's say you do a ton of, you have an upper body day. So then you go do your leg day with a really sore upper body. And like, I wonder if that creates some weird issues over time, like some weird imbalances. So now what I'm doing is on my strength training days, I train all the patterns, 
which is actually something that Joel Seedman told me he does in his programs. He actually works all the patterns in every session and emphasizes certain patterns, heavier or faster power explosion, whatever. Um, but I've been doing that and it feels amazing. I feel so much better physically than I did when I was lifting weights four or five days a week. Uh -huh. <clears throat> and my goal with training is to have my body as uh, physically capable feel as good as possible for as long as possible. That's, that's the outcome I'm trying to basically optimize my training for. Right. And then, um, and then I get my cardiovascular training from running, which I think is probably the most natural way to train your cardiovascular system. As I think locomotion before the modern, before modern times, locomotion was probably when the heart rate was elevated the most, like the system is designed for that, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, if you're going back to primal days, I guess the other would be the the fight, fighting and wrestling. And that's why a lot of people probably yeah, yeah. have gone over to like BJJ or uh, things like that. Um, yeah, I think. And yeah, and I think that's important, too. Right. Like because that's you're reacting. Mm -hmm. It's a sport where you're reactive and the um, the movements are unknown to a degree. You don't know what you're going to do. I also think dancing is probably something too yeah. like that. Like you right. have the rhythm, like you have a different coordination when you're doing something like dancing than lifting mm -hmm. weights, lifting weights. You're so rigid. You're not fluid. You know, you're basically moving everything as hard as you can. If you're dancing, it's like you're trying to be, you're trying to move, but be loose simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the uh, whole concept of play, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I think that's really important having yeah. random things because before nobody would exercise because you didn't need to, because it was just built into being alive. Mm -hmm. Now you don't have to. So we have to make sure that we're structuring it in a way where we don't mess ourselves up because <laughs> that's easy to do. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's uh, a modern world that we're trying to kind of fight against. That's the common concept, right? We're, we have these primal uh, systems in place and the modern world is not aligned with that and how far of a misalignment. And then how do you fit, fit those pieces back together? Yeah. And how do you not demonize things that are useful? Mm. Cause like a lot of the, a lot of like the natural mover type people, um, they just shun all the strength training stuff, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it right. works. And we know it works because we have strength and conditioning research and it tells yeah. us how to make tissue stronger and how to, you know, do a lot of things. So right. why throw that out? And their right. argument would be, well, because in nature, things are random. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I have a computer because we compiled natural resources mm -hmm. into a certain configuration. And I think we would all agree that that's useful. Or, so we can do the same thing. Or you look at the airplane and say, oh, well, right. we that's shouldn't not be natural. traveling. Should right. we not do it? <laughs> so to think that we shouldn't do certain types of exercises because they're not quote unquote natural. It's like, why would you not just take the best of yeah. that and then combine it with other things? Yeah. And, um, and yeah, no, it's yeah. great. And uh, to your previous point or uh, about kind of, I'd love to dive a little deeper into this concept of mixing in and, and do you, I guess my question I'll throw to you before I, I, I put my little two cents in is, uh, <laughs> do you think that there's a way, again, you mentioned you've done CrossFit before and that seemed to be, and that was one of my big draws into CrossFit when I first discovered it of like, oh, these guys have it figured out better than a lot of other systems out there. And I do like systems. And again, even the definition of what CrossFit is, aside from, you know, oh, well, they are, they're doing these crazy kipping pull-ups and all this other crazy stuff. But uh, the definition of 
increased work capacity over broad time in modal domains uh, really resonated with me. Even back then, they used the zone diet. And I was, that was the first time I kind of heard of that. Yeah. I was like, oh, you can measure this and you're only feeding yourself based on your lean body mass. And therefore, you should be melting away all the other mass by only feeding the lean body mass and then figuring out that formula and all this stuff. So I guess the question is uh, not just about CrossFit, but, but do you find that this new practice, is this something you think down the line? I, I, maybe you don't have uh, visions of that just yet, but is that something you think you're going to, we're going to come up with the, the movement fix system now better than ever. Or like, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that is, so like kind of, we were talking about this before we recorded a little bit because like, I don't know the answer yet. And I'm, I'm, and I don't have anything to, I don't have any content to make right now because I'm in personal research mode. And so I'm testing these, I'm testing like how many days a week can I do strength? Cause I was trying to train like three or four days a week at the gym while also running two days a week and doing yoga like three or four days a week. And I was just fried. It's like, okay, this is too much. <laughs> One day a week is too little because I start to atrophy. So is it two days a week? And then is it doing all the, so I'm playing around with that. And I think that's going to take me a while. So like, while I'm doing that, I'm, I'm focusing on the T-Tool business. And then my plan is to come back with personal experience and be like, look, I have applied these things in my own life and I know how it feels and I know the results, but I'm trying to do that because I think like similar to what you said, I was very drawn to this idea of CrossFit. Like, Oh, you know, I came from bodybuilding where the goal was just to lift five pounds heavier the next week, you know, versus like, look at all of these things that the human body can do that these people are capable of. But as I've reflected, and I think Glassman had so much clarity in such a confused fitness space. Yeah. However, I don't think that it is the I am not optimizing for increased work capacity of my body. I don't think that's my goal. My right. goal is not to make my physical body able to just do as much work as possible. I want it to be very functional and feel really good and have a longevity component. So if you're optimizing for the most work capacity possible, I don't think that that also optimizes for longevity Mm -hmm. and feeling good right because my energy is way higher now that i'm not training so hard uh and i realized i was i was overtraining and i think it's easier to overtrain than people think right for sure because it feels good in the moment to crush mm -hmm. it feels that's, great but then it's like the hardest parts of working with any high <sighs> high charging athlete is saying hey we need to take you down a few pegs so that you can get back to this thing you want to do. That's the yeah. only way your body's going to heal. Yeah. And I think I've learned through this process a bit too. Like you have to, you can work a little bit more smoothly with the body, not force it so much as, and be more consistent over a longer period of time with less overall um, demand. Work which I smarter, think is healthier. not harder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, so what does that mean? You know, one of the things I liked about CrossFit was their idea of, you know, learn and play new sports mm -hmm. constantly, but that was never implemented. I mean, you go to the you CrossFit gym, it's not ball, dodgeball from time to time and a couple of jam fingers. <laughs> yeah. And like you end up basically just doing these metabolic conditioning workouts that are between seven and 20 minutes. So they fit in an hour long class. So it can be 
put into a certain thing. And it's like, and then you end up now you're doing snatches with just barbells. And then, so it lost a lot of the sort of the randomness because it's not that random. If you're doing basically 20 different movements or 25, however many it is. Right. Right. Um, but also like if you're training that way, you're also not training your body to ever really relax. And that's another component to the human body that I think is really important. One of the things in yoga that we do a ton of is like, um, gosh, they really think about the, the organs Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. stretching out your ab, like all through your, around your spine. And I've actually done more spinal motion stuff now than I have basically since chiropractic school when I had all of my joints manipulated until they turned into dust. <laughs> and anyone who listens to uh, the Movement Fix podcast, you'll probably hear Ryan tell the many stories of getting his back cracked through the years of chiropractic oh. school. And that led to some unpleasant stuff, which is, again, not natural to have your back cracked that many times. But, you, but at the same time, you got you to gotta practice it, I guess. You got to practice it. But yeah, if you have your spine, if you have your lumbar spine manipulated like a thousand times in a three month period, uh, mm-hmm. it's not good for it. No, <laughs> it's too much. Too much of anything is bad, you know? Yeah. yeah. Including that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the, the other one, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just quickly jump off on it again, listening to one of your previous episodes uh, with uh, Barbell Rehab, Dr. Michael Mash. Doctor, yeah, yeah, yeah. doctor, I think. Yeah. Um, physical therapist. Yes. So he, uh, you, you, you kind of came back to the fact of like, why would you only eat spinach as the analogy of like, why would we do this one modality, um, of, of if you can be doing all these other things. And again, what are your goals? So that that's where, yeah, when I work with folks now myself, um, I just try to reintroduce these different versions and I, I joke around, I sometimes call it boga. So it's a version of yoga, <laughs> my own, uh, yoga. And, uh, the, the other concept is nutritious movement. So that those nutrients to your body, again, like you're saying, like, yeah, I don't know if I need to tell, you know, uh, Janet in California that I'm working with that, like, oh, we're trying to get your liver to like move better. Um, (laughs) But at the same time, by doing some of these, you know, thoracic rotations or halos or whatever, um, that is to me, I'm making sure we're giving you all these different vitamins and minerals of movement. And like you're saying, there might be, uh, you know, even a CrossFit uh, concept has 20 something moves, but there's, you know a couple hundred moves that we need to be incorporating somewhere in there. So if we're not doing those, like you're saying that side bending is one for sure that I definitely yeah. try to um, in, find a way to, to fit in there. But yeah. And also basically the concept of like <laughs> mobilizing your spine internally through breathing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> versus using, you know, I think foam rollers and stuff are useful and I think soft tissue work is really useful, but you can mobilize yourself internally through pressure mm-hmm. Uh, and then doing that in all these different positions. I mean, it must be stretching out your lung. I mean, it's stretching out all this stuff and making sure that it can move. And if things can't move internally, they're going to get stagnant. Right. And, and people get this concept when... with uh, something in their shoe or they have a thing on the, on their right foot and they're limping a little and they're taking a few thousand steps a day. They get that concept because it's right there. But the breathing concept, that's the first thing I always look at. And again, on, on average, we're taking over 20,000 breaths a day, sometimes 23,000, sometimes 25,000. Um, but yeah, if, if you're doing that many breaths and they're all kind of what we can say is wrong. And again, I don't know how you feel about like the breathing practice side of it outside of the yoga. But again, 97% of people, and I always kind of use that statistic, but it's about that. 
uh, you know, when I do a quick assessment virtually even here, I've done this on the podcast too, where, where if they don't have a background in breathing and I'm like, just take a deep breath in and they're all up here in their upper traps and their shoulders and all the yeah, accessory yeah. muscles. And most people are there. Uh, and to your point, again, if, if we can teach people to breathe a little bit better, a little more into their bellies, make it more of a natural practice. Uh, that, that's the whole concept for me and, and the empowerment. And like you're saying, at the end of the day, forget all the blurred lines of what profession you're in. If we can help the person in front of us, that's really the, the, the outcome and the goal. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. The breathing is key because if you can't breathe into your abdomen by lowering your diaphragm, right. Um, you're anchoring somewhere else. You're going to anchor off your neck. You're going to anchor, you're going to create stability in some other joint because you're not creating it through the breathing. Mm -hmm. And so these other areas can't relax. And then they, you know, they become problematic potentially over time. Yeah. Super important breathing. <laughs> First thing I go to. And, and again, it's one of the hardest things to change too. And people again are so easy to, to, they get that they're doing it wrong, but then to change it is also quite a, quite a commitment and stuff no, it seems like trivial. It seems trivial yeah. to people. It's yeah. like ah, breathing. That seems like the stupid exercise. Right. And what I really want to do is start doing the weights so that I can mm -hmm. get stronger. And it's like, right. it's well, way more important than you think. Right. And spending right. time on it is, even though it feels like it does nothing, doesn't feel like you're doing anything. Right. And, and, the, and there's the modern world, especially when I work with females, I'm like, stick your belly out like you're pregnant and you look fat, but, <laughs> but that's, what's really, that's how we got to do it. Yeah. So you're expanding and that's the, the decompression almost of, of your low back. And again, when people come to me with low back pain and I'm like, did you, did you forget that your stomach is like right in front of your low back? They're kind of, they're kind of connected. And, and that's something I, I, I learned all the way back in physical therapy school and stuck with me for sure. And, uh, it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing to, again, change in this modern, modern world. And I'll give a shout out quickly. I don't know if you're familiar with physiology first. You've seen those guys. No, they also have the no. distance project. Um, they're a non, non for profit up in Maine. And one of their focuses uh, or foci is, uh, working with teenagers who get diagnosis of ADHD. And so the, the line I kind of stole from them is uh, skills over pills. So the, one of the basic mm. skills, um, and they, they kind of connected with Andrew Huberman. And if you've heard him, his stuff, uh, he's kind of been getting more popular recently. Um, he basically, I heard him on a different podcast saying, we should be giving out a breathing license before we give out a driver's license. Like if you don't know how to breathe and control yourself when you're enraged or you're losing focus or you're tired, like that ability to learn to breathe is, is so potent and powerful. And I don't want to make this all just about breathing, but I mean, there's definitely huge, huge components there that um, if anyone listening hasn't tried some kind of breathing practice um, it's, and this is why meditation I think is, is becoming, you know, has some of its success. It's not just about the, like, there's the men, there's the physiological benefits. And that's why they say phys physiology first, because uh, just going through that breathing component, I'd rather work on my breathing and focus on my like breathing that I can control rather than trying to quiet my mind. Uh, to me, it's like, mm. a, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of a hack to, to get there a little bit faster for me. So I don't know if you've played with meditation or any of that stuff. Oh yeah. I've done, <clears throat> I've done many, many, many hours of different types <laughs> of meditations. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you've explored a whole lot of different aspects of, again, uh, affecting the body, um, whether it's through movement, breathing, uh, I, I like all, all the yoga stuff. Have you, is there a particular type of yoga or breathing or meditation that you wanted to yeah, that you found in your explorations that either you, you do like or you don't like that you're, you you want to 
kind of, or do you think people just need to go on that journey themselves? Well, I think everybody's journey is different for sure. I do a, I do a form of yoga called swastia yoga. That's what they teach at the school that I go to. Mm. Um, Never heard of it. <laughs> be honest. Yeah, there's so many. There's so many different types. There's a there's a little joke in there. I'm actually I'll tell you when we're offline because it's probably not appropriate for public okay. consumption. But all right, <laughs> tell me after. I'm gonna. Yeah. I, I think everybody has their own method. You know, I guess the question is, what are you trying to do? You know, because yoga is essentially the point of it is to reach a state called samadhi. So yoga is the practical application. Any practical application that leads to a state of samadhi. So, and I think there's many ways to get to that state, which is a state of oneness with everything, <clears throat> which is essentially realizing that your body is made up of uh, the earth and the universe. And so then you are that it's like a plant, you know, like a tree, a tree is nature. You know, you look at a tree and you don't see like, Ooh, look at that tree. That tree's name is Bob. <laughs> like, and that, and, and Bob has a personality and he's a, tree it's like no that tree is growing out of the earth and uh but we don't think of ourselves as being nature right we think that we're not but all the animals are and all the trees are and we're somehow not but i think in yoga basically they're teaching that you are and therefore you could trace your identity back to being the same as everything and then if you get to a point of experiencing that in different ways that would be a state of samadhi, which is what yoga is doing. It's a practical thing to get there. Um, and there's different ways to do it. And so there's different methods of yoga and there's different methods of yoga that focus on different parts and they have different techniques and methodologies and things like that. But I think everybody has to, you know, go down their own, yeah. their own path of figuring out what works for them because everybody has a different history and background and experiences and, preconceived ideas about things so it's different for every single person however i will say that i used to be extremely skeptical of yoga and i think most people in the fitness industry see it as like oh it's just stretching and then you're going to overstretch your joints and then you're going to have joint problems so don't do it because then you mess up your like reflexes because whatever uh i strongly disagree i think that it's it's beyond the physical i think it uses the physical but i think it's beyond physical uh, and I think to, I think that there's a, there can be a beautiful combination of a yoga practice with strength training. That is what I'm pursuing right now in my own personal study. My own personal resource research is how do I take the experience of strength training and all the interviews I've done with all these people who know, you know, their particular area of expertise with my own personal experience and my own experience working with people how do I combine all of that into something? Because the problem right now that we all face is not a lack of information. I mean, the we have problem more information. Too much than, information. <laughs> right. We have more information Over. than ever. Mm -hmm. And misinformation. And misinformation. <laughs> fake news. Yeah. And so the problem is having a complete, not a complete, a curated source of information that actually works that um, is easy to follow. And it's the practical application done consistently over time. That's what people are missing. Because you do, a, you do a thing here, you do a thing there, you go to this gym, you go to that gym, and it's like you have no 
North star, so to speak, of what you're trying to accomplish. So you don't even know what to do. So it's very confusing. Now you're training kettlebells. Now you're doing weights. Now you're doing Olympic lifting. And it's like, what are you trying to do? Just not have excess body fat (laughs) because that's like really not that motivating. Right. No, I, I love that you've taken it here. Uh, totally synthesizes with a lot of the things I talk about, the journey. It's actually kind of uh, lines up on this back. Uh, my tattoo I just got. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Other way. Camera. Yep. There we go. Kind of, sort of. Hold on. I'm going to do it that way, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen that symbol, the I, Unilome. I, I haven't. What is it? Will you it's, a, it's a Buddhist and... Uh, Hindu also uses the similar symbol. Uh, it's the journey to enlightenment. So mm. sorry, it's on my arms in a weird spot. Um, and the camera's backwards, so it's throwing me off a bit. But uh, <laughs> the the it starts out, it's all kind of wobbly and crazy. And I actually had it done. Usually it's very liney, but uh, I actually, the artist uh, made it more water-based for me because I'm, I'm very, I have a whole history with water uh, and the ocean and my mother swims every day and things like that. But uh, yeah, so then in here you have that crazy and it's all backwards. It's very confusing, uh, very crazy here. And then it gets a little bit more, uh, you start having phases of your life. And actually the way he designed it, by the way, it, I don't know if you could see it through the camera, but this is supposed to be a clavicle because I've always wanted kind of an, an anatomical thing. And then anyway, you go through these phases and then eventually you get to this enlightenment up here. And that's what kind of that represents. So that's the journey um, and, and uh, called a unilome again. So very, very, um, it's, it's, it's the more I've researched it, the more uh, I kind of dig the concept. And again, obviously to the point where I got it on my body permanently, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, kind of to what you're talking about, as you were talking, I really love that concept. And that's where uh, you brought up yoga and, and I'll, I'll bring that into the fold a little bit. And I have a segment I've been doing on social media called what the fact of frequently asked questions. Um, and the, one of the common questions I get is, Oh, like my hamstrings are tight. I'm just going to do yoga to stretch out. So if their goal is just to stretch out and, and get a little looser and less tight hamstrings or whatever, um, a lot of those times, that's the exact kind of answer I have is like, well, it kind of depends. What are you really trying to accomplish? There's other ways you can be less tight. Um, and at the same time, uh, there, there is that concern where I've, I have seen a bunch of yogis who've practiced for 30 years, whether they have spiritual uh, benefits or not, who just destroy their hips and now need total hip replacements because they're too bendy. Um, and there's a lack of whatever you want to call it, cross training or, or uh, however we define it. So one of the questions, and I think you kind of touched on these, but I want to bring it back to this because I love that, you know, these paths kind of diverge. And I think we're both on this kind of exploratory whatever path <laughs> that's what it is isn't it yeah we're here oh, i keep doing yeah that. where are we where like, are we in we're like thing. we're like here i think right uh, there right at the clavicle right on the um, tip <laughs> so i i bring it back to this how do you define fitness and like the body again you gave a little bit of an explanation of you just want to feel good you want to keep your body rolling as long as you can is that kind of uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw it to you and, and ask, you know, is that the way you would kind of define it or is there a different way you would, you would uh, come up with well, that? I think that, I think Glassman defined fitness. But, but you disagreed with it already. No, 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 no. I think that is what fitness is. I'm saying, I don't think I need, I don't think being the fittest possible is what I want. Okay. I see. I see. Because fitness is essentially, and now don't get me wrong. I don't think the CrossFit games is fair because people are moving different distances, the weight. Right. Okay. So like if you're trying to measure the ability to move a load a certain distance, 
and somebody's six feet tall and somebody else is five feet tall, they're doing different amounts of work. So you can't really compare it. Right. <laughs> so, but if, if we think of it, you know, fitness is the uh, work capacity across broad time and modal domains. So how much work you can do in a given period of time in different ways. I think that's what fitness is. And I, I just don't think that I am trying to, my goal with my physical body is to make it as fit as possible because I want longevity and feeling good and having energy for other things. Yeah. <laughs> like if you expect, if you want to be as fit as possible, you're going to have to dedicate a large amount of your overall daily energy to training. I don't want to do that because it doesn't serve me. What is, what is the point if I can deadlift 500 pounds versus 350 pounds? Is that really for 10 reps or whatever? Right. There's a Do point I really of diminishing return. Right. So it's like, right. So if you're, if you're trying to be as fit as possible, what are you sacrificing to do that? You're sacrificing something energy to, to do uh, your job or work or other non-physical things, your time reading and expanding your, your mental capacities. So it's time just hanging out with your friends and enjoying your life. So I yeah. guess if I can jump in, uh, that's that's kind of the sickness, wellness, and fitness uh, continuum that they talk about as well in CrossFit. And the further you get toward fitness, again, this camera's backwards, always throws me up. Uh, the further you get into to fitness, you're actually going further away from that wellness, which is right in that center. So are you talking more about for yourself, maybe more interest in wellness versus fitness? Is that where the distinction can be made? Yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean- uh, of being, I, being able to live longer, being able to have a better quality of life. And that doesn't necessarily mean a 500 pound deadlift or even a 300 pound deadlift. Yeah. Think about the same thing. Like if I wanted to be able to run a mile in under four minutes, is that also synonymous with uh, the highest quality of life? <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, if I wanted to compete in CrossFit and I know what it feels like to try to do that, I know that it didn't feel very good. And I think that if you talk to people who did compete, um, it, it crushes you. Yeah. It crushes your nervous system and probably like you become very sympathetically driven and who knows, who knows the long, we don't know the long-term effects. If you look at other animals in nature, <laughs> they're not crushing themselves every day. Right. Like most of the day they're chilling. Like, do you ever see a bird flying as fast as it can for rounds and then like crushing itself and then so, or like a bear, you know? So like a lion, you know, people always talk about how they want to be like a lion. Well, do you see the lion out there doing push-ups and like, no, it's just running and chasing stuff. And then it, it does that only when it needs to. But the problem is, this is what it gets back to, right? Because we don't need to do that anymore because we can basically push a button on our phone and get whatever we want delivered to us. We are miscalculating what we need to be doing. We think that we need to be destroying ourselves in our workouts because we somehow think that that's good. Right. And I'm saying, I don't agree with that. Sure. I think you need to train hard enough to get an adaptation if you're trying to get stronger. And I think being stronger is useful. But again, like you said, the point of at, at some point you're moving away from health and being well because you have now 
if you're drained of energy, your phys are your physiology, physiological processes, I would imagine are not going to be working optimally to keep your body healthy. Because you're you're spending all your energy to like repair your damaged tissues, essentially. Right. Well, and I don't know the answers to the like. <laughs> yeah. I am like, like the next phase of my podcast is going to probably be centered around these questions. Like, how do I know if I'm becoming healthier? Right. Like, how do I know that? <laughs> I don't. I don't know that me being able to run faster, lift heavier, is necessarily an indication that I'm being healthier. It's an interesting way to, to, to phrase it for sure. I mean, yeah, again, those a lot of those things can be correlates, which is another gla thing I'll give uh, Greg Glassman, the founder of CEO, uh, the cr or founder of CrossFit, sorry, founder and former CEO uh, of CrossFit credit for. Um, of, yeah, a lot of those things are correlates. You can look at your, your cholesterol numbers. You can look at your bone density. You can look at all these things uh, and put together this kind of report card of your, your health. Um, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was going to say there's oh. people who have a high bone density, but they can't lift their arms overhead. Right. Because right, they right, wreck right. their shoulders in the process. So that, right. that's kind of the stuff that I'm talking about. And like, like if you look, for example, let's say you, you know, you increase your level of work capacity. Are you more inflamed? You know, mm -hmm. do you have higher levels of inflammatory markers, for example? Right. So like, are I'll, you, I'll, is I'll that I'll uh -huh. also jump in there with uh, even you will use the CrossFit games as an example. So if uh, Brett Fikowski a few years ago finished second to Matt Fraser's first, uh, and I'm guessing Fraser did all right the next day, but theoretically who's fitter, even if Fraser did a little bit more work, but Fikowski the next day was able to get out of bed and feel okay. And Fraser's kind of like, which I doubt he was, but, <laughs> but let, we're using that as an example. Uh, it, it is again, that long-term picture and adding more data points to the, the test, if you will, of yeah, who can recover better from that. Obviously, again, he, you know, the test was who can do more work in these, whatever, five days and these 15 tests. But now if we add more data points throughout, uh, which again, CrossFit is trying to do. And I do like that concept, that definition, but then it's these hard things to then bring to the general population as well. Right. Because I guess the question you'd have to ask yourself is if you are not okay i understand if crossfit's a sport and that sport is your career to win the sport you have to be the fittest possible with the best technique otherwise i guess i i've had to ask myself this question and i'm curious what you think about this why do you care about being the fittest person possible what does it do for you and what is it what is the what's the, what's the cost of approaching it that way you know, like I have to be as fit as possible. Why? Because, uh, that's what I'm told. Yeah. But why? <laughs> well, because... my, my, I mean, I'll jump in and I'll say my response to sort of that maybe kind of, and, and some, again, we can dive down some different paths of this of <clears throat> the fitter you are, the more money you have in your bank account. So I've kind of shifted to calling myself a long-term healthcare specialist uh, mm -hmm. I played with calling myself a physical retirement specialist. So, you know, if I'm working with a 40 year old, I'm saying, hey, you want to retire in 25 years from work and your nine to five job. Um, you have to build up as much bone density, as much muscle mass, because uh, muscle is the organ of longevity. Right. So it's not necessarily just fitness. It's not just having the most muscle, but it is putting this formula together. Uh, so that's kind of where. I think a lot of my thought process is behind this. And I'll also shout mm -hmm. out my other podcast with uh, 
my buddy David Corona, no relation to coronavirus. Um, <laughs> I always have to say that. Um, and he uh, just our the beer. Yeah, uh, exactly. Well, just it means king in Spanish, so it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good name. Um, so he uh, defined personal training. Our first episode was demand better from your personal trainer. We kind of explored mm-hmm. the what is a personal trainer, what should we be expecting from them, and how do we, you know, educate the consumer to demand better from your personal trainer. So his definition of personal training was an interesting one for me. It was actually the first time I'd heard it that way. Was uh, the personal trainer's job is to undo the damage we're doing every day kind of in, in our modern life. That's how he vi- envisions his job as a personal trainer, which I thought was a great way to put it. Uh, I kind of had a similar thought many years ago. So I, I will say I had this thought first uh, that I said, there's no aging. There's obviously a time component to aging, but uh, it's accumulated damage. So if we could figure out, you know, oh, there's the stress of every day. And if we can come out with a formula, then in terms of the fitness question that you kind of asked, I would say the answer to that is, figuring out how do we want to live longer and have a better quality of life by saying, again, if you can avoid injuries, if you can avoid surgeries, if you can avoid degeneration of your functional capacity, uh, again, if we go down that path, but there is no such thing as aging. There's only accumulated damage. And if we can minimize and slow down, just like a bank account is the analogy, right? If you can minimize your interest rates, minimize all your fees and, and penalties, then and you can just mm-hmm. accumulate more wealth. Uh, that's yeah. the other thing. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I feel like, if I push myself as hard as possible in a workout, I'm accumulating basically as much damage as possible. <laughs> right. But, but that, but the point is how does that fit into the equation? And, and the, the best answer might not always be, a, you know, go as hard as you can well, in that workout. Yeah, so exactly. Not but, always but, hard work pays off. Right. It's exactly. Smart work pays off. Exactly. But my, so what I'm saying is if the workouts are basically do it as fast as you can, you, you, you know, and that's the problem with training that way. Mm. You yeah, are I, don't, measuring... I, don't know, I don't know that we have to keep picking on or, or using CrossFit as an example, but I appreciate. No, no, no. I'm just, I, I just think that that mentality generally about the body that you have to push it as hard as possible in your workouts to get a positive adaptation. And mm-hmm. it's not just CrossFit, right? It's every, there is an assumption that you have to push as hard as you can when mm-hmm. you're training. Uh, and I don't think that the body has to be pushed to that limit to get a positive adaptation. Is right. What I'm There's saying. definitely minimal effective dose. Uh, and we mentioned Tim Ferriss before he was one of the first people to kind of bring that into the forefront, I think in a lot of ways. Yeah. I'm not hating on CrossFit by the way. I think, <laughs> I think it's, I mean, I think that it's a, it's a much better than many things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, I, I think that it can lead to certain, th- it's, it's far from perfect. <laughs> yeah, we can agree upon that, and it definitely has its. It's. I actually did a podcast yesterday with a a, a recent physical therapy grad, four years out of school, and his whole, he switched his whole business to just help and fix CrossFitters, um, which is great, um, but also indicative of that. But every, I mean, running, <laughs> running, and and you said running is great, but yeah, again, have we taken it too far? It's the most injurious sport or activity in the world. It has a ninety plus percent injury rate. Right. Cause people aren't, aren't, they're not training correctly with it. You know, mm-hmm. they're doing too much volume or they're introducing it too quickly or they're not. So again, it's the same problem in a different methodology. Right. Because if you have this idea that every time, um, oh, sorry, I'm throwing you off there. I put the, uh, a little, yeah, I was like, what, is, this what is that about? thing? Uh, yeah. Like, so. if you, if you think in, if you have this mentality, of I have to push myself until I vomit, essentially. Mm-hmm. 
whether you're running or doing CrossFit or doing bodybuilding, it's the same underlying issue, which is that you think that you have to feel like shit in your workout for it to be effective. Right. And so if people have that mentality and they go running and then they're like, okay, I'm going to go run 10 miles and you haven't <laughs> accumulated enough underlying capacity. Right. Which to accumulate. And what I'm saying is to accumulate that underlying capacity to build that base. I don't think you have to push yourself to the limit. Right. Well, there's the and specific adaptations the to impose demands concept, right? So if you impose the demand of, you know, uh, passing out on the ground, go so hard you pass out, then you're able to adapt to that. So now theoretically, yeah, that's how you keep pushing your engine or, or what have you. But yeah, I think it's, I think we're, we're on the same page with a lot of this stuff. And I do think, uh, look, taking a big step back from it, if I can, uh, sure. I think a lot of this is, and, and the reason CrossFit became uh, a sensation, if you will, uh, was it's kind of, a, there's some organization, there's all sorts of reasons. Right. And actually that was Kent Kenton here. Uh, you know, people find their try bodybuilding CrossFit, whatever it is, vanity trends to push the desire to be the best among your peers. Um, and that was Glassman's quote as well was, uh, you know, men will die to be further up on that leaderboard. And that's kind oh, of that yeah. motivation. But I do think, again, a lot of it came from the, the 300 movie. And these guys had these ridiculous uh, 18 packs on their on their stomachs. And, and it was like, how did they train? And they did this 100 push up, 100 pull up, 100 this, 100 that. Jim Jones, baby. Jim Jones, exactly. And, and but I do think it's this extreme. And we're seeing cross. We saw the growth of CrossFit. I think we've seen a kind of plateau at, at the least, you know, at least, uh, you know, with new ownership. Now we'll see if they find ways to make it grow a little more. And I appreciate that they're changing some of that. Um, but I think we're going to see it level off. And again, even someone like Chris Hinshaw, who's very smart about his training, if you're familiar with him, is the aerobic capacity mm -hmm. guy in, in CrossFit. Um, and he helped uh, the Kalipas and, and Fronings of the, of the space. Yeah, I had him on. Even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did I a podcast with him once. Yeah. yeah. So I miss that, but he definitely speaks a lot about that smarter pacing. pacing yeah. Right. And, and pacing can... is literally not destroying yourself. Right. Right. <laughs> so and it's it, really good it, that that message is in there. Yeah. So, but, but I do think there's more of that I'm seeing emerge having seen this kind of evolution specifically of CrossFit since 2010 or whenever, when I yeah. entered the fray is, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to see it. And I do think we're going to see some leveling off. I think that you get you, these F45s are like, just go as hard as you can for 45 minutes. Nothing too crazy. No barbells, but we're going to go as hard as we can for 45 minutes. You see Peloton be this really uh, successful global thing. And it's again, just push yourself hard. You got the person exactly. screaming at you. People need that. And again, to my buddy Corona's uh, concept of we're just trying to undo sitting at a desk, sitting on zoom meetings. We just need that release. And now you go down that path of like, is it, is it a primal release? And, you know, we're trying to connect back to that. And she's like, yeah, I need to go. Yeah. And, I think if any group is going to solve this first, it will be the CrossFit people. And the reason I say that is because I think that they have a mentality, unlike any other group of wanting to be better. Mm. And that is something I greatly admire. I feel like, I feel like people might listen to this and think I'm like being so negative about CrossFit, <laughs> which I'm not. And I, most of the time that I did movement fix, it was to try to help CrossFit trainers and coaches and people doing it make better decisions for their body about the positions they would use and the exercise selection. Mm -hmm. And the reason I think that CrossFit grew so much is because it attracts people who are trying to become better and they're trying to break the norms. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, you know, because it was, and Glassman was trying to move away from the whole competitive side. I think that he understood this. Mm. I think he saw that the competitive side was leading down a path that he didn't necessarily agree with. Right. 
And he realized what we're trying to do is help people be healthy. And now everybody's so focused on the competitive side. And yet that was the thing that attracted. So it was right. It kind of led, I think it kind of led down a a route that he did not foresee. A hundred percent. And I've heard him talk about the fact like kipping pull-ups, technically you can get more work done in a faster amount of time. You can get a hundred pull-ups done faster by doing kipping or butterfly pull-ups than you can by doing a hundred straight pull-ups. Um, at the end of the day, you're still getting the same amount of work done, which is again, if we're going over the definition, right, you're going from a hanging position, you pull your chin over the bar and you go back to a hang, you know, fully locked out position. If you're doing that in again, the kipping or butterfly fashion, you've gotten more work done. Um, but I do think you're right. It, it, it did. And he sp- spoke that that's like one of the biggest regrets for him was allowing kipping to happen and, and how it kind of became, uh, yeah, uh, you know, he believes and he believes he's a big fan of the free market system. I think there's a lot of interesting, again, parallels and conversations we can have about all these concepts. But yeah, because, you know, technically the free market system would allow for the best thing to emerge naturally right. as an unseen force. Right. And I've and heard him say, oh, go ahead. Uh, and I and I think that's why I think the CrossFit, all the different gyms and people are trying to get better results. And and they're not taking the status quo as fact. Mm hmm. And so that's, uh, that's why I think that that group will has inside of them the thing that will lead to continually improving the methodology because it's in an evolutionary stage. It's not done yet. Right. And, I, and it'll never be done. And that was, that's really what attracted me in the first place to CrossFit. I'm trying to lead my own, like I'm trying to go out of that and try different things to be like, look. I've had a lot of injuries. I did not feel good. I think that there is a way to utilize the ideas of CrossFit, but balance it better with the mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. world demands of a life. And you, you don't train decontracting, for right. example. And I think that's a missed component. And I just think it's something that has not been explored in a, because everybody lives in their own little box and there's mm-hmm. not enough crossing over. So right. that's why I think they'll figure it out first. I, yeah, I agree. And and again, I've, I was going to say, I heard, uh, I think it was a direct quote from Glassman was like, look, if Zumba is going to get you fitter, we have our test of fitness and our definition of fitness. And if Zumba is the thing that gets you there and you can show me that, like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm ready to jump over to Zumba, but you know, that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, but that's where the definition, right. that's where I've I just I, fit, just fit. right. Yeah. So I start, of course it won't make you fitter, but it'll make you better at moving your body. I guarantee yeah. It, it's a component that will make you better at moving your body if you right. if you try new. So that's playing a different sport. So that part's in there, you know. Right, and it's it's the it's the concept again of uh, my buddy Corona's definition of whatever can make you better. From if you're sitting on the couch, if you're sitting there, nine to five on a, at a desk, um, you know, how do we undo that? If it's Zumba, cool. Like I'm not. Yeah, again, if somebody says like, should I do Zumba? I'm like, if if it's better than nothing. Um, but it, you know, there are better ways we can train it, but then are you ready to go down this path of conversation of, well, yeah, we should get your deadlift to double body weight and we should get your back squat to this and we should play with, and you know, again, I heard you say of, should we have you squatting with toes straight or toes out and, and all, or all, all the variations. Um, and then how do we measure that? And does it come back to this work capacity model? Does it come back to the correlates of fitness? Cause you're still going to go to your medical doctor and you need to have your insurance company write off your life insurance policy. And you know, what's your cholesterol level look like and all these correlates and do we fit into that? Or do we completely go outside of that and, and just say, you know what? Like, yeah, if I can do this amount of pushups or pull-ups or whatever, like that's how I know I'm moving. You kind of phrase that question as well as like, how do I know I'm getting healthier or fitter or weller? Yeah. And there's also a big psychological component that I think Mm -hmm. that is missed also. Cause it's like, 
if you, if you think that you need to push so hard, right. How are you viewing yourself? If you don't push as hard, then you think that you're a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And then you create this internal environment that isn't being measured by anybody. And I think there's a big, like if you're more patient and gentle with your body, not like gentle, like, Oh, I can't do anything. But I mean, like it, it probably changes how you view your body, which mm-hmm. could be in a good way. Yeah. So there's, there's more than just the objective physical measures. I think a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I love it, man. I wish we could keep talking. I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, we're a little over an hour now, so just we'll finish up by asking sure. you to share where folks can find you and, and whatever you want to promote right now. Uh, yeah, well, I've made a ton of stuff that's available on themovementfix.com. A bunch of videos and podcasts and resources are available there. Um, yeah, that's basically the, the main place. Awesome. If you're a healthcare provider and you need to do manual therapy, um, T-Tool, thetool.com is where um, the product that I have made is located. It is designed to help manual therapists and body workers help their patients, but not have to destroy their hands in the process. <laughs> so that's what that is. Yeah. Look at those. Look at those beautiful hands over there. I just went rock climbing and get, I'm leveling up yesterday and I did, there's called pockets. So you ever do rock climbing? Yeah. I don't know the terminology. I've done yeah. bouldering, but I don't, yeah. not like a lot. The pockets is when you'd like just have a little hole in there and you just, you have the two fingers and, you, mm. and so, yeah, that was the first time Ugh. I really did that. And yeah, this hand is just like, I don't like you, man. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I need, I need a little tea tool in my life right now. Yeah. So those are um, all the best places to find you anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Those are the places. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you for your time, sir. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me on. I know that people probably don't realize how much work goes into putting on a show like this. So thank you for doing that and inviting me. Absolutely. And uh, we'll talk to you all next time. Hopefully you got 1% better at least from this conversation.